created live on Fireside. And here we sit, finally after all. Hey, Danny, how you doing, hey. doll? Oh my gosh, happy fall, y'all. How are you? <laughs> Well, it might be fall in America, but it's spring here in South Africa. And let me tell you, whew, we are cooking. Oh, Worse than a Thanksgiving so turkey. <laughs> You're headed into hot weather now, right? Big time. Big time. We're in the middle of a heat dome, believe it or not. And it's in the middle of what is supposed to be our monsoon season. But you know what? Normally it's... it's um, that humidity before the the rain, heavy rain pour, but you know what? Maybe uh, the good, the bad needs to come before the good uh, ultimately suffices. And here I see our guest has logged in. I'm just going to quickly see if I can invite her to video. But folks, this is the kind of whimsy that you can expect. We were on hiatus for a little while. My name Hi. is Chris Nell from South Africa, and beside me is Daniela, and our guest Jessica has just arrived. And as we do on this program, we have to always welcome our guests and make them feel extra welcome, courtesy of an intro. Now, you know as well as I that the opposite to loneliness and addiction wait for it, is community in recovery. We all know that no person, man or woman, is an island. And so rubbing shoulders with people whom have, uh, whom have an adequate amount of clean time can become a post for learning. A noble quote from our previous guest, Alex Talbot, from Canada, states the following, and listen carefully if you're here for the very first time. Recover we is community. In the second to third year of the program of uh, AA, students and adherents are motivated to try their hand at perhaps starting their own meeting, or even influence some form or another of community. True to form, in accomplishing this goal, we now stretch our wings and extend our footprint to one of the four institutional seats of Europe, and welcome Jessica Wise to our program. Jessica is culture-rich and articulate, and since achieving sobriety, she has worked tirelessly to institute a recovery community dragging constituents on the continent into the very heart of the 21st century. In the conversation to follow, she chats with us on her journey to recovery and what stirred inside in her spirit to begin planning the very first sober gathering in the very heart of Luxembourg. Jessica, welcome. Hello. Hi. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. It's only a pleasure. So to kick off... Tell us, just give us an overview of how you, it is that you became embroiled in addiction and achieved sobriety. Okay, so um, I started um, going out quite early in my life. So I was um, out and about uh, at the, from the age of 15. Um, I very quickly got into the party lifestyle here in Luxembourg and um by the age of 19, I moved to London in England. Um, and then obviously the party lifestyle took on a new, a new level, basically. <laughs> sure. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just all the time, you know, whether it was weekdays, weekends, it was just full on. Um, I did my studies over there. So it was like the typical university kind of drinking, you know, over the top, but you know, you could handle the hangovers and you'd just be, back out again the next day drinking again kind of thing but it was you know that's just that was just a done thing so 
Um, mm, so right. it wasn't a problem then. There, there was no, you know, it's just normal student kind of drinking. Um, and then I, once I finished my studies, I um, started working in real estate. Um, and there is a massive drinking culture in that work environment. Mm. So it's encouraged to go out after work. Um, weekdays, you know, we'd all rock up at work the next day being very hungover, but it was fine. You know, the company directors, they were like, yeah, you know, tits and teeth, just go back out there and do the viewings. It's fine. You know, so, so you just kind of, you just get on with it, you know, and you think, yeah, it's fine. You know, the, you know, your boss will be buying you drinks all night and, and, and so forth. And, um, and so that went on for quite a few years. Um, and, um, yeah, I just continued that for 12 years. Um, and yeah, it was weekdays, weekends, all the time. So pretty much the whole time I was there, I never had a break from it ever. And I couldn't have imagined a break back then because it was part of my persona. It's what people, how people knew me, you know, party Jess and, um, good time Jess. And you'd always, you could always count on me to be at the bar with you, you know, buying shots and just getting horrendously drunk, um, stumbling out of bars and clubs at crazy hours in the morning. And, you know, um, so yeah, so that went on for, for quite some time. And then I started, I think at the end of my twenties, I started to have a bit of a daily kind of habit of drinking. Um, right. you know, crack open the wine, um, in the evenings. I mean, back then I obviously was, uh, single or I was in, in, uh, relationships, but it was toxic relationships. So we were all kind of on that same level and we were, right. you know, influencing each other. Come on, let's have a drink tonight. Doesn't matter that it's only a Tuesday. Who cares? You know, um, and so it was, yeah, that's, that's what, what we did. Um, and I think a lot of people in London live that lifestyle and still do to this day. In fact, not just London, I think all over the world, this is a, mm, this mm. Is a done thing. You hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. yeah right. And then, um, so then when I turned uh, 30, my dad died, unfortunately, and that was back in Luxembourg and I decided, okay, I needed to get myself back to Luxembourg to spend time with my family who are still here. So that's right. my, my mom and my sister. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to spend time with them. I also, at that point, started to really feel like I wanted to get, you know, w away from that toxic kind of lifestyle. Um, and I thought, okay, moving back to Luxembourg, you know, sleepy Luxembourg, you're, you know, I'm going to be absolutely fine there. And I get my, my life into, you know, I get a grip on life and everything will be back to normal before I know it, get a job and be fine. Well, it didn't quite work out that Famous way words. because, you know, by then I think my alcohol tolerance was already nice, nicely built up. Um, and so I just continued that kind of lifestyle once I moved back here. Luxembourg does have a have have a big drinking culture, so you know it's you'll get drunk pretty much everywhere. Whenever there's like an occasion, any occasion is a good excuse to get drunk. Um, so yeah, so I was in it before I knew it. I was back back uh, back on on the booze. Or, I mean, always stayed on the booze basically. Um, and then by the age of thirty two, I was pregnant with my son. Um, and I didn't drink during my pregnancies, but as soon as I stopped the breastfeeding, I was like, right, give me wine. Mm. I just need to get, I just want my social life back. I want to be myself again. I, 
you know, and, and with that was always the wine. And the, the, here we drink something called a Cremont, which is like a, a Prosecco Carver type thing. And you it's get like it here that. as well. Yeah. So, and it was hard, you know, having a baby, it was, it was tough. Um, it was, it was testing for me. And so alcohol was really my release. I used it as a crutch. And, um, so yeah, so I just, I just got back on it. And also my, uh, environment. So my friends, family, they're all quite big drinkers as well. So, you know, it was just easy to get back into that. Anyway, so by then, I mean, the daily habit was continuing. Um, and then my daughter was born when I was 36. Um, and I really started to feel like this was not, I was not doing well combining motherhood and, um, and that kind of lifestyle. But I just didn't know a way out because it's kind of all I knew. That was my, that was the way I could help myself feel better. Um, I suffered from anxieties, depressions. There were things from the past that were still kind of, you know, on my mind. But whenever I was drinking, I was able to just forget about the problems or forget about those anxieties. And, and yeah. And as did long as you, you stay ever, drunk. Did you ever sorry? think you had a pro? Did you ever think you had a problem or did you know that it was a disease or? What were your thoughts? Like, is this getting I, out of control or is it just normal? Yeah. Um, I, I knew I was drinking a lot, but I always justified it to myself. I always thought, no, you don't have a problem, you know, but it would always be at the back of my mind. I'd think, well, you're drinking a lot, but then no one ever questioned me about it because everyone does the same thing. So you think, yeah, it's, I'm fine. I'm just doing like everyone else does. Um, all mummies drink wine, you know, there is that massive mummy like, mummy needs wine, you know, culture. Yeah, so it's the wine o'clock and all this. And you see all these memes <laughs> on Facebook, you know, it's like, it's totally acceptable to be a pissed parent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's how I got away with it. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so anyway, so that went on and I just, with time, and I think as you get older, you just can't handle the hangovers like you did before. You know, you'd go to work, um, and be hanging by the skin of your teeth, just somehow trying to get through your day. Um, I mean, I consider myself as a great area drinker, so I'm not someone who was on the booze at eight o'clock in the morning, but I'd be clucking in the afternoon thinking, oh my God, get me the wine, you know, four o'clock, five o'clock, it couldn't come quick enough to get myself home and open that bottle of wine. The high so anyway, terrible yeah, business. yeah. And, and it's, a, it's a, um, you know, it's a catch 22. So you'd think, no, today I'm not going to drink. Today's Monday. I'm not going to drink today. No, no, no. Who, who are you kidding? You know, it comes four o'clock and you're like, oh my God, I need a drink. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the, the empty bottles were, I mean, my bottle bin was constantly overflowing. <laughs> I was literally stuffing the empty bottle in the garage. Ridiculous. You know, so embarrassing with the neighbors as well. You'd make it to the bin you know, to empty them, you're like, oh, God, just quickly put them in the bin and run off <laughs> so that the neighbours wouldn't see you. Um, 
Yeah. So, so yeah, so it just got worse and worse and my anxieties and depressions and bad sleep and bad skin and feeling bloated, looking bloated and unhealthy. Just all of it was just getting too much until, yeah, one year ago. So I'm sober one year and um, a year ago. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, so I just decided enough is enough. You know, I had, there was quite a few things that have happened when you're parenting and you're, you know, you're ashamed. You just think, what kind of image is that to give to your children to, you know, to to look like that? That is not okay, you know. Um, And, yeah, and there was a a couple of incidents a year ago where I thought, no, enough is enough. You know, if your daughter comes down in the morning and you say, did you dress yourself going to bed? Um, because she only has half her pyjama on and she goes, no, mommy, you dress me. And you think, oh my God. Um, right. So that's not, that's not okay. You know, she's a four year old. She needs me to dress her, put her to bed safely. Um, you know, and then the drink driving is a big problem. I touch wood and thank God that nothing's ever happened, but you know, Drink driving is a big thing here in Luxembourg because public transport mm. is possibly not the greatest, especially in the evenings. Mm. So everyone just gets drunk and drives home. Um, and I was, you know, I was one of them. I mm. I did that too. Um, mm. And not cool if you have children in the back of the car, you know. Um, so, well, how yeah, so sober? just... Because you guys so, don't have any resources there, right? No, no. This no. is the thing. It's like, what the hell? So who, how? <laughs> Actually, two years ago, I found this podcast called Over the Influence. And I started listening to it in the car. And I was like, oh, my God. There's like pe- people like me, normal people like me, yeah. who who had an alcohol problem just like I did. And they got sober. And they continued on to do some amazing things like everyone mm-hmm. you speak to who get, get sober seems to do like really cool stuff <laughs> which you can't do when you're always drunk because you're either hungover or you're drunk or you're lethargic unmotivated depressed and anxious miserable, miserable. nobody takes you angry. seriously <laughs> exactly no one takes you seriously or hangry which is hungry and angry together Well, that's never a good combination. Never. No, because (laughs) you also have the anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's why I'm doing the show. (laughs) Uh, Do you not have that saying over there? No, not anxiety. I know hangry. Well, remember, I'm an outsider, so I'm learning as I go. That's why I hang up with an (laughs) American most of the time. I want to know more about this outsider business. Why are you an outsider? Because I love the outsider mentality. I love learning as I go, which is exactly what you've been doing. Yeah, that's a great way to be. Um, I got sober because of the Americans. Truthfully, a friend of Daniela's also did the same thing on social media. Something tickled in the back of my mind. Give it a try. Well, not entirely. I eventually had an emotional surrender. And Bob's your uncle, here we go, because I had realized that the country where I live in is unfortunately one-dimensional in recovery. If you've got a problem, you go to uh, inpatient to outpatient. You yeah. fork up the money, and when you get out, good luck, old boy. If you're yeah. in house, oh, it's okay, come back again, 30 grand plus, and we'll try and see if we can get you sober again. 
So that's oh why yeah. I have Danny in my life today, and that's why we have you. But you're oh. such a great sport, Jessica. I mean, have you ever thought? And we'll get to the to the to the sober gathering that you are prepping mm-hmm. for. Um, have you ever thought ultimately? And here's the reason why I say it. Like me, you're English. I'm Irish, by the way, uh, Irish by heritage. And the one thing that I've realized, people in recovery have just got this beautiful gift of the gab. You understand what I'm saying? Because you yeah. you like poking fun at yourself and you are incredibly transparent. Have you ever thought about taking up motivational speaking as an additional side gig? Honestly, I'm not sure that I could do that. Oh, rubbish. <laughs> Complete balderdash. What are you doing here right now? I'm just, yeah, I guess, I guess, it's, yeah, I guess what I like to do is now motivate people to try the sobriety path and do it that. You have done it on your social media, which I love because you're incredibly transparent in in that stuff. Yeah, because, you know, if I can do it, anyone can, and that's what I'm trying to come, you know, get across here. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, there's so many people who are in exactly the same boat as me, and I know it. I've, I've been with them. I know these people, you know. Yes. Um, and there's, there's so many of them. But, okay, you have to reach a point where you really think, okay, I have a problem, or I want to look at my relationship with alcohol. I want to change something in my life. You need to get to that point first, because it's no point me preaching to you if you don't want to hear it. Um, and also, I don't want to preach. I don't want to be one of those people who goes, stop the drink. It's really bad for you. Come over here. Be sober. Everything's going to be all right. No. <laughs> this girl's got a couple of steps ahead. She's got a whole bunch of steps ahead. Wouldn't you agree, Danny? Yes, absolutely. She's learning a lot of stuff. She's done stuff at year one that I only learned at year three. No. Gee whiz. You said well, what can I say? Once, Jessica. Um, Sorry? You wrote... When you wrote to us, you said something funny. You said everyone around here thinks alcoholics live under bridges. It it makes sense. I mean, a lot of people don't have what we have in America and even most parts of Europe. You're in a small country. You, I mean, what is it like over there for a person getting sober? Like, how did you do it? Like, were you alone? Were you? Yeah, I was pretty much on my own with it. Um, well, I say that, you know, I found this amazing sober community on Instagram. Like, who who thought that I would hang on Instagram pretty much every day since going sober? So great. <laughs> um, but I found more support with strangers than certain close people in my life, you know. Um, and I've made friends with them. You know, a couple of them are actually flying out to, to Luxembourg um, this weekend to come to my event, which is amazing. Yeah, so there's some really, really good people there. And, and, and you just connect really because you have a big thing in common, right? Something that you can really talk about. And it's very personal. You're telling a complete stranger your deepest, darkest secrets. Um, you know, some of the secrets you would never even tell your closest friends. Um, you know, and, and so, you, so you make friends quite quickly that way. Um, and, and I've been, and that's been my greatest help. And that is the reason 
why I want to create this community here in Luxembourg. I just, I crave the in-person community. You know, I don't want to hang on social media all the time. I would love to go to events where I don't have to justify myself for not drinking, where people don't ask me whether I'm pregnant because I'm not drinking, where, you know, this, yeah, they go, oh, Jess, why are you not drinking? Are you pregnant again? It's like, no. Um, I'll do you one better. Sorry. I'll do you one. I'll do you one better. At the very first year in function yeah. was year, at the end of year two. Someone asked me why don't you have a beer in the hand? I can't trust you in conversation if you don't have a drink in your hand. I was, Are you Mormon? Came the question. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So I get you on that level. I get you on that level. Are you oh, I just like noticed that people can leave like little emojis at the bottom. How cool is that? Hi, Amy. My friend Amy is listening to me. That's really cool. Oh, hey, Amy. Shout out to you. <laughs> yeah. <Woo! laughs> so is, is Amy, does Amy want to come up and talk or does she have any, any questions? Amy, she's... An amazing friend, but also uh, a mindset coach, um, hypnotherapist. Oh. And so she knows her stuff and she's been my mentor as well. She's someone that I can always call on um, for advice. Um, so, yeah, it's amazing to have these types of people in your life that wow, you can yes. count them all on one hand, if that, um, but they are precious. And they show These up people. for you. Absolutely. Yeah, sure and she's going to be there on Saturday as well. And she's going to do a speech at the event. So this is so exciting. Well, tell well, us about the event. You're, you're putting on an event. That was exactly my question. The first yeah. one, probably, right? It is. Yeah. And I'm bricking it. I am literally thinking, oh, my God, what have I let myself in for? I must be mad. <laughs> <laughs> the so, distance yeah. between madness and genius is measured only by success. Yes, love that. Love that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I just, I just don't know how it's going to go. You know, because right now Luxembourg is so far behind with these types of things. When I got sober, I was googling sober Luxembourg sobriety Luxembourg sober meetups Luxembourg. Nothing. Nothing. You could find an AA meeting somewhere hidden away in some buildings that you don't even know how to get to. And I was like, oh, my God, what is this? So you're not allowed, you can't go sober here in this country. Or you go sober and you just shut up and you hide in your hole. You just don't come out until you start drinking again. And then you're allowed to come out again. I don't know. And then you meet Jessica. <laughs> and then you can go to her, her event. Yeah. Good for that's you. Hopefully, hopefully that's what I want to achieve. It's just... If you're sober or sober curious, you want to give it a try. You want to go to an event and actually try an event without the drink and you'll see you can still have fun and you can still connect with people and have a laugh. Then my mission is accomplished. So I hope that I can achieve that. Well, you know yeah. what? You're going to be a roaring success because, I mean, you coming onto this show, um, which in itself is an act of courage, believe you yeah. me. <laughs> Two... I, I say earlier, the distance between madness and genius is measured only by success. And you can agree with me because of technology and because of the fact that all people around all corners of the globe are coming together through the use of this technology. I say this in inverted commas. It's the age of the amateur. We don't need 
PR agents, marketing managers. We don't need talent scouts or whatsoever. It's just a fact of hire a small place, go on social media. Oh, this person is a singer. Oh, this person is a hypnotherapist. Oh, this person is a motivational speaker. Great. Let's see if we can get them going. And believe you me, you sound like a lady who's been in the business world for many a year. You can agree with me. And Danny, this was your forte as well for many years. The best form of marketing is what? Word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big thing in Luxembourg as well, because this is how business works over here. A lot of it is is word of mouth. My day job, I actually work in a recruitment company here in Luxembourg as an operations manager. And um, a lot of the business that we do is all repeat business or word of mouth uh, business. So it's a big thing. So I'm hoping that my voice will be heard. And, you know, and that, like you say, that the word of mouth is going to help to bring people together and go, oh, this is so the community thing. I'll go and have have a look, go and check it out. Um, but yeah, we have a long way to go. There is still a lot of things that people need to, well, I just want to put some education out there, maybe some information, some some support, um, mm-hmm. some, yeah, because we've got nothing. We have nothing. I'm literally starting from scratch, which is crazy, right? We're 2022. I mean, what the hell? But countries all over the world have been doing this for years. And then there's little old Luxembourg's still, you know, with their creme on and with their beer. I don't know. <laughs> so do you have, um, do you have a group of people that are going? How did you find the people uh, or how do you get a sober community going in Luxembourg? Yeah. Um, it's literally, I, I mean, I had some interviews with some magazines um i'm they are contacting me as well they're starting to hear oh what's this sober thing about who does that you know we want to know more what is this that you're organizing so so they're contacting me and then but they're writing articles about it and then yeah and then it word of mouth um and just talking about it and just being open about it and sharing the hell out of it <laughs> that's all you can do so are just the to, are you, um, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Danny, ladies first. So, the other, what other countries are nearest to you, and can are they close enough to where they can go to the event? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have France, uh, Germany, and Belgium around Luxembourg. Um, we actually have um, cross-border workers who come to Luxembourg to work in and drive home in the evening. Um, so there's definitely the surrounding regions that could definitely take part in these, in, in these events. And that's what I'm hoping for as well, just to branch out. Absolutely. Wonderful. Just a panhandle away from everything, even though that you, were you born and raised in Europe or were you born in the United Kingdom and then moved to? to no, I was born Europe? and raised in Luxembourg. So I am a Luxemburger. So right. you've just learned something new again. See? <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I moved to England when I was 19. Um, I, I moved to England for love, stupidly. Um, and then I, <laughs> and then I decided to stay, even though that didn't work out. 
I decided to stay on because I was just fascinated and I, I've always been an open spirit and I'm adventurous and I love to go out there and see new things, experience new things. I was like that from a very young age. And so this was my gateway to go, wow, what is this world? You know, coming from sleepy Luxembourg, you know, where there's more cows than people almost, um, <laughs> arriving in London, you know, this big shiny city full of opportunity and full of, crazy crazy things and I was like yeah I want all of that please um but yeah it ended up being it it was a, a big lesson for me I learned a lot of things out there I made some amazing friends who I'm still friends with today um but it's not a healthy place to be and I could not imagine living there or raising my sure. children there at all so no, so no it's worked out that's worked out quite nicely that I'm now living in Luxembourg, where I've got my family, my husband, my cat and my dog, and I'm quite happy here. <laughs> and because of the time that you had spent in the UK, you lost your Luxembourg accent and then, of course, learned the London lilt. Yeah, sometimes the Luxembourg accent does come out, um, and I'm, I'm aware of it. I can hear myself. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I do have a slight British accent, yeah. And now, Jessica, another question I have to ask. We've spoken about your background. We've lollygagged all over the place with regards to everything, which is what we love to do here on the show. Um, after a year of recovery, working on year two, I'm sure your mindset must have taken a complete 360. As I like to ask a lot of people, what are some of the life lessons that you have learned that have helped you survive that you can pass on to other people who are viewing this program? Um, for, honestly, you learn a lot about yourself. Um, you don't realize how much you're actually suppressing when you're drinking, um, the mm -hmm. emotions, you know, when I first got sober, I actually went to therapy. Um, I went to see, um, a psychologist and I needed support because I was overwhelmed by em my emotions. So that's a big thing. When you go sober, you have to deal with your emotions. You can't just you know, crack open the bottle to try and to try and suppress those feelings. You have to face them. And this is where you learn how tough you are because you think that you're not tough enough, but you are. You know, you can overcome these things. You just have to deal with them and put them behind you because when you're drinking, you you always you have it in the back of your mind, but you're you don't want to hear it. You ignore it. Um so yeah, so that's that was one thing that I had to learn is to wow what's all these emotions I'm feeling all of a sudden and I'm having to face them and and you do get over that you do work on them and you get cleverer and wiser and you learn to it's all about mindset it really is you have to work a lot on yourself um and then once you so you have like at first in sobriety you have this amazing feeling because you're sleeping better you look better you glow you have all these benefits and everyone's saying wow you look amazing and all this um and then and then you go and then it goes down and you know it goes downhill a bit in terms of your mental health because yeah, once the, the pink glasses wear off what are you left yeah. with it's yourself the person that looks at you in the mirror every day and you think, what are you doing? What have you been doing these last few years? And what have I missed out on? Um, and then you have to learn who you are again. You know, you're not just the party girl. You're not just the person who, 
who likes their wine too much and who just goes to gatherings to get drunk, you you learn what you like again and what you enjoy. I actually learned that I'm an introvert. Um, you know, I think oh rubbish. That, I know, I know. See, that's true. It's true. You know, people who who have who knew me before, they they also they that's their reaction as well. They go, "No, you're not." <laughs> well, I am. I like ta- I like being by myself these days as well. I enjoy my alone time, which I never did before. I mm, was always afraid of being alone because I was uncomfortable being with myself and feeling and uh, uh, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I need someone around me, um, yeah. and now I feel comfortable enough in my skin to just be. And just have silence and and enjoy it, and do things that I enjoy, you know. And I'm reading so much more these days. I'm listening to podcasts, listening to audiobooks, you know. I just love going for walks, whereas I never had the energy to do that. You know, I go for long walks. Mm. Um, it's mm. silly little things like that that you start. Well, silly. I call them silly. They're not silly. It's the, the little things that you start to enjoy again, and you start noticing things that you stopped noticing before. You know, on your drive to work in the morning, when you see a sunrise, you go, wow, look how beautiful that is. Whereas before it was, oh, my God, I'm so hungover, I feel like shit. Oh, my God, how am I going to do this? Oh, my God, how am I going to do this? Oh, my God, I hate myself. I feel guilty and I feel ashamed of being so crap. And you arrive at work and you've completely missed a sunrise. (laughs) Um, You know, so it's it's all about learning about yourself and handling your emotions. And I think the most important thing that I can say is don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that is such a big thing. Whether whether you have some people in your community that can help you, that can that will mm-hmm. listen to you, that will give you that pep talk on a day where you don't feel great because you will have those days. You know, it's not all ray, like butterflies and rainbows and everything's fine. No, you will have tough days. Um, but the tougher days... Honestly, they last a lot less long when you're sober. Whereas before, you know, it was an ongoing thing. Whereas now it feels like, okay, I can have a bad day, but pretty much, pretty much all the time I wake up the next day and be like, right, new day. I feel good. I've slept well and I'm ready to rock. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of, that's what's happened, that happened on my journey. And when I listen to other people talk, it's kind of what everyone's pretty much saying. Um, everyone has that kind of experience, but each, each person has their own experience. So mm-hmm. just go easy on yourself. Just be patient. Be nice to yourself. Speak to yourself as if you were speaking to little you, because I think this is also yeah. a problem. We often, yeah, yeah. we are often hurt. You know, the little us inside of us is the, the person who's actually been hurt. And it's, mm-hmm. it's about giving compassion to yourself because I think we're quick to be, to bash ourselves, you know, to just, yeah, just to, just to not be very nice to ourselves. Um, so yeah, I think that, that is another big thing. Just be patient. Rome wasn't built in a day. No, it wasn't. One year and and you are just killing it, girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Danny, you took the words right out of my mouth and Jessica. I just want to pay that and, you know, that sober energy forward to other people and be like, right. If I can do it, you can do it. And if you want to jump on my train, I'll come and, you know, I, I'll help you. I, I can give you that pep talk if you need it. Awesome. <laughs> Henceforth, why she's known as the sober monkey. Jessica, yeah. <laughs> um, first off, congratulations. I speak Thank for you. the both of us. We're uh, 
it needs to be said, you are wise beyond your years. The knowledge no, that you have accrued at one year, bloody hell, I envy you. And I'm excited. <laughs> I'm ex I'm excited for you to see one plus one becoming two, two becoming four, four becoming yeah, eight, etc. Yes. etc. Et and seeing you grow, and you know, winners want to see other winners win. All the blessed, and I mean all the blessed, for this upcoming get together. If you'd like to get in touch with uh, Jessica Wise, get in touch with her via Instagram at the following handle. Listen carefully: Sober Monkey underscore four seasons. Again, that's Sober Monkey underscore numero four seasons. And you can get in touch with her to get regards with details of this upcoming event. Even if you have to get one way down to Luxembourg, do it and do it now. It's going to be a absolute event bar none. And Jessica, you have to come back. You have to come back Absolutely. and tell us how the experience has been. Yes, so I would love fun. to come back. And we're going to make this an hour and a half discussion because you're such a great talker. And I want to see you have your own podcast because you are a talker, my girl. <laughs> if to the gap. Gift of the gap. <laughs> Folks, if you missed out on this episode, do not worry. It will be available on demand on Apple Podcasts and all other major outlets. Do keep in touch with Danny at Doing It Sober on Instagram, or you can get in touch with me at Chris Nell Media on Instagram. Until we see each other next time, this has been Doing It Sober Live, because life is better when you're doing it sober. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Daniela.